Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Father Almighty God, as we come before you tonight, we are expectant. We are expectant because you are God. We are expectant because you are kind and we are expectant because you will do great things. Father Almighty God, we ask, O Lord, that as we come before you and as we yield to your Holy Spirit and the fullness of his ministry, we pray that through him you teach, through him you make your word clear, and through him you change our lives. We thank you so, so, so much. So much, my Father, so much. We thank you for all that you have done and all that you will do. Father Almighty God, glorify your name tonight. In Jesus' name, we have honestly prayed. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, it's wonderful to see you all. And so we will kick off. If you're listening by podcast, you are most welcome. You're most welcome. And so, ladies and gentlemen, as we came to the end last week, um, I hope you really enjoyed um, last week. We came to the end and we realized that we were speaking about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, that the process that we must interact with is invisible and that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit will always work in unison they'll work together to bring the new to pass and that is what we must interact with so we are interacting with something that is established so as god leads you towards your new as god opens doors for you as god opens doors for who you are and what you're doing i want you to realize that it is a settled matter god is drawing from the finished work of our lord and savior jesus christ and his unlimited ability in the Holy Spirit. And so as he leads you, you are on safe ground, really safe ground. So we spoke about that last week. And so today, ladies and gentlemen, um, we're going to be focusing on another section of the Lord bringing the new into our lives. And it is this, whenever the Lord is going to bring the new into the world, into our space, into our families, into where we are, and please hear what the Spirit is saying that the Lord is bringing the new into our church, our church experience. He's bringing the new into your life. And we heard that through Sunday, and we were really grateful for the word that we heard on Sunday, um, in every area, in every facet. And so, ladies and gentlemen, today we're looking at the fact that when God wants to bring the new into the world, he and mankind will always work in tandem. And so, Actually, when you think about it, when God wants to bring the new into the world, he will look for a man. It, it's, a, it's a lovely phrase. He will look for a man. That's how he has built this system. That's how he has built the world. Um, and that's how he has done his thing. So we realize when God wants to bring the new into the world, he and man will work in tandem. We will follow him and the rest will be history. But let's look at that in detail. And so today, ladies and gentlemen, um, our first scripture, as we go through the Bible to look at that fact, please turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, and I'm going to read from verse, um, I'm going to, uh, verse 14 is our focus. Verse 14 is our focus, just one verse of scripture. We will continue on um, from there. So we'll continue on from there. And so this is what the Bible says. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they, ladies and gentlemen, are the sons of God. And so we we are we realize as we look, realizing that as we follow the Lord 
to do what he asks, the Bible says our experience will be the same as him stepping into our world. We, we see this in the life of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and we see this in the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The Bible says as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And so what we realize, ladies and gentlemen, it is God's intention. When we look at this scripture, it is God's intention that everything that he has planned Everything he wants to bring to pass, he's going to do it in tandem with you and I. And this is where we see it. So what I'll do, um, what I'll do right now is, can we turn to verse 26, Romans 8, verse 26, and I'm going to read to verse 28. And I'm going to read in the King James Version of the Bible. And what I want us to realize is as God begins to work through you and I, he's the outcome of our actions, our thoughts, and our words, ladies and gentlemen. The aim for him is that everything will turn out for good. So let's read Romans chapter 8, and I'm going to read from verse 26, and the Bible says the following. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the spirit itself, this is in the King James Version of the Bible. I'll read it again in the Amplified in a moment. But the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Verse 28. The Bible says, and we know that all things work together. All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. So we realize, ladies and gentlemen, when we walk in the spirit, God's aim is that at the end of our actions, the everything we do will turn out. The Bible says all things will work together for our good, for good to them that love God and to them who are the called according to his purpose. So, ladies and gentlemen, we realize when the Lord wants to walk with you to bring the new into reality, his aim in that moment is to bring good into the world. And, and so please keep that in mind. And so we realize that this is what God wants. So when God says, you know, when he leads us, we will be the beneficiaries. But the world around us, the people around us, will see the impact of the will and intention of God in their lives. And so that's where we'll start tonight. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we realize that this is what God intended when he created us. And, and we, we'll, we'll see an example of that. And when God created us, ladies and gentlemen, and this is what I, I wanted to, to, for you to hold on to at this moment in time, is that it is God's intention through you to bring good into the world. It is God's intention through you to bring good into the world. And so let's have a look at that in detail. That means wherever you and I go, it is God's aim that the Lord God shows up. That's why when God wants to bring the new into the world, he will reach for a man because you and I will become the, the vehicle of his goodness, his kindness, his power, his grace, his breakthrough in the lives of those around us. And so let's have a look at that. And let's have a look at that in detail. Please turn in your Bible to Genesis chapter one. And can you please turn to verse, I'll read from 26, 28 is our goal. Genesis one verse 26, but 28 is our goal. And so the Bible says the following, and God said, let us make man in our image 
after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. That's great. But then we come to verse 28. And now the Lord begins to give direct instructions to his new creation. This is what he says. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. And the Bible then says, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So let's pause for a moment. The Bible says in verse 26, God said, let us make man in our image with our personality, capacity, and character. And let them function after them, and let's make them after our likeness. After our likeness means, so the first one is within our capacity, within our image, so we have our character. Likeness indicates function. Let them function like us. The combination of the two. The Lord says dominion will show up. The root word for dominion means to crumble off where one crumbles off or one grants authority or grace to another person. Effectively, ladies and gentlemen, the aim of the Lord is that when a man comes in his image and his ability, the Lord will be seen in that place. So let's look at Genesis 1.28 and let's see the Lord say it again. And the Bible says, and God blessed them, that means he granted them his ability. And God said unto them, he gave him his word. And the Bible says, be fruitful. That is, let that which I've put in you become a reality around you and multiply to cause something other than yourself to become fruitful and replenish the earth. That means to replace what the earth is missing. And what the earth is missing in any situation is always the Lord God. Okay, the second thing we want to realize, um, the second thing we want to realize, notice what the Lord says. He says, and subdue it. That means bring under subjection to cause fruitfulness to show up where fruitfulness was not expected. Where we were going is the result. And the result, please keep this in mind. And the result is that dominion comes. Now, dominion is not just absolute authority and control. Effectively, through everything that we are, through what we do, what we say, and what we are, when we come into a place, the Lord shows up. So in any situation we are confronted with, what does God want to do? God wants to step into that situation and if it is out of sync, he will correct it. And, I, and I'm just saying, this is God's aim. So in the very first set of instruction God gives to man, he says, the outcome of your actions, the outcome of our joint operations, because you notice the first thing he said, and the Lord blessed them. So he said, we're doing this together. The outcome will be I will show up. So what I want you to realize, ladies and gentlemen, as the Lord leads you to introduce the new into your family, your business, into your space, your school, your street, your environment, your country, wherever you may be, the Lord's aim is that by the time you are both done, he shows up. And if anything needs to be corrected, it will be corrected. If anything needs to be changed, it will be changed. Things will happen the way God has planned it. And so please keep that in mind. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we really appreciate that. So let me also put that in one sentence in the New Testament to show you what, to, just to give you that perspective. And the reason I want you to pick up this perspective, and I'm going slightly slowly, is this.
I want you to realize as the Lord is leading you into a new tomorrow, I want you to realize you are his vehicle for introducing himself into whatever situation he's taking you into. And that means, ladies and gentlemen, failure is not an option. But let me put that in one scripture just to pack. Hopefully this will help somebody. Please turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter eight. So we'll know. So we've realized across the Gospels, across the Bible, this is God's intention. Acts chapter 10, verse 8. Acts 10, verse 38. Sorry, Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Acts 10, verse 38. And this is this says exactly what we're saying, but it says it in one verse, in one verse. Now, um, so that I, there are a few questions in the chat. Thank you very much. We've noticed that. Great. Thank you. We appreciate that. And we'll pick those questions up in a moment. Now, this is key. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. How can how, the Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power? Now, listen to what the Bible says next. Who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. So ladies and gentlemen, what I want to notice, the Bible says when God did everything he did with Jesus Christ, he summarizes it into one verse. And it is this, Jesus goes about and he does good. The root word for good is God. That's where we get our reference for good from. And so what is Jesus doing? He's introducing God into all the situations where he finds himself. And the Bible says he heals all that were oppressed of the devil, meaning whatsoever challenges the people faced. When God was introduced into that situation, when God literally came into that situation through the ministry and life of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Bible says things were corrected things were healed. And it's not just physical healing. Anything that was out of place was corrected. So will it be with you and I. So will it be with you and I. Very interestingly, ladies and gentlemen, we, we've got a, we, we have a um, question in the chat, and we're going to pick that up in a moment. Um, and it's actually quite a good question because it talks about rule and dominion. We'll pick that up in a moment. But what I wanted you to understand, ladies and gentlemen, as we think about it, when you are walking with the Lord into the new, it is God's aim that God's plans and purposes are established. Now, this is backed up in a variety of verses. So what I want us to do, so let's put that in context. If that's God's aim, if that's God's aim for you and I, and God says, I want to introduce a, you into a new season, a new sphere, a new space. I want you to walk in obedience to me. I want you to go where I send you. This is really key. There's something about that I would like you to realize. And that's one of the things we want to talk about tonight. And it's this. Let me go to Isaiah 55 verse 8. And I'm going to read to verse 11. The Bible says the following, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. We appreciate that. Verse 10. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Verse 11 is key. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper in the thing where to I sent it. Now, ladies and gentlemen, what I want you to realize is, notice, 
when God sends his word into the world, he will send his word into the heart of a man. That means when that man now processes that word into words, thoughts, and actions, you are going to find yourself going where God wants you to go. And sometimes that might be completely against where you may want to go. Because notice the Bible says in verses eight and nine, God's ways are not your ways. Neither are God's thoughts your thoughts. So when God gives you an instruction and he says, go this way, it is God, but it will not necessarily make conventional sense. But it is God that is sending you into that place. And I want you to realize, notice when God sends his word anywhere, he does not send it for anything else than that his word will succeed. So I am confident to say that if the Lord gives you an instruction and the Lord points you into a new space, a new space, a new sphere, a new area of life, He's not pointing you there for your detriment. He's pointing you there for your success and the prosperity of his will and thus your plans. So please keep that in mind. Now, the interesting thing about this is this. Please keep this in mind. Notice where we started. The Bible says they that are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. That means God is in charge. That means you and I will go to places we want to go, but we will also have to go to places we do not necessarily want to go. And we will still have to bear fruit in those places because that's where God has sent us at that particular point in time. Turn with me and I'd like to put this in there because ladies and gentlemen, obedience is sometimes difficult as we heard on Sunday obedience sometimes God will say go this way and it won't make any sense to anybody else around you but it is still God and I want you to realize that whenever God wants the new to come into the world his vehicle is you and I he will work in tandem with a man let's have a look at that in one of the most famous psalms and hopefully this will this will I, I well, I know this will bless you, but let's take um, we're gonna take it line by line. Psalm 23. Psalm 23 is, is one of the, the um, really lovely psalms, and I'm going to read it in the King James version of the Bible. But when I get to certain words, I'm going to give you the Hebrew meaning and then point you to what it actually so what the Bible is actually saying. Now Come with me to Psalm 23, and I'm going to start from verse 1. The Bible says the following, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Let me stop for a moment, and, I'm, and I want you to realize, the Lord is going before you to wherever he is sending you. And the Bible says in any area, when the Lord is sending you somewhere, you will not lack. The Bible said the Lord, that is Jehovah, the covenant keeping God is my shepherd. He's the one that has determined the route. He's the one that knows where things that where the things are on that route. He's the one that has gone and come back and is leading me in a particular way to get to a particular place. But the Bible also says in that journey, as you follow the Lord, the Bible says you shall not want. That means nothing that you require both to function and to experience will be missing. Nothing at all. The Bible says you shall not want. That means you will not lack anything. Trust God. It may not look like it makes sense. It may not look like where everybody else is going. It may not look like the ideal job. It may not feel like all the promise of your marriage has come to pass. It may not feel like it, but hear me well. God has gone before you and he will bring the results that he promises to pass. So let's keep going because we want to, uh, this is preaching material, but let's keep going. 
The second verse, that Psalm 23 verse 2, says the following. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. That's pretty straightforward. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Now, that's a very interesting word. The Bible says he leadeth me beside the still waters. The word leadeth there means to flow, to bubble up or to inspire. Where we get the word effervescence, where things bubble up. He follows, it's a gentle leading. It's literally, it's a leading that is there to fix, to fill. It's there to, like the Bible says, to restore. He takes you to a place where you have green pastures. So that part of the journey, he loads you. He leaves you in the field, quote unquote, and he allows you to build up your resources for the next part of the journey that he's going to show you. Almost the same way you stock up a car when you're going on a long journey. You make sure you have enough fuel. You make sure you have enough food. You make sure you have enough everything you need for that particular journey in between the various stops that you would make. Now, ladies and gentlemen, please remember, this is what the Bible says. Think about this image of shepherd and sheep. So the shepherd knows that, well, you know what, this part of the journey I'm going to make sure the sheep stop here. I'm not going to let them walk through the field. I'm going to make sure they eat enough grass. I'm going to make sure they drink enough water. I'm going to make sure their coats are thick enough. I'm going to make sure that they're healthy enough so that the next phase of the journey does not cause them any harm. Then the Bible says the following he restoreth my soul. Now the shepherd is speaking to the very part of you. Restoring your soul means you will see, decide, think the way God wants you to see, decide, and think. He restores things. So that means if you don't see things his way, he will cause you to see things his way. He will cause the things that were scary, things that may not have been on your radar, things that are good that might have been right in front of you that you didn't notice. He will cause you to see that this is what I want you to do. He will cause you to notice. He will cause an opportunity to come and he will give you peace so that you can choose it over other options, even though it does not make conventional sense. Please keep that in mind. Isaiah 55 says so. The Bible says, after verse 11, it says, verse 12 says, you shall go out in peace and you, you should be led forth in peace and you shall go out with joy. But then the Bible says, and the mountains and the hills shall break forth before you and the trees of the field shall clap their hands. The miraculous will show up. So please keep that in mind. Now, the Bible says he restores your soul. That means he causes you to see things the way he sees things. He causes you to see what's in front of you the way he sees things. That might cause you to go away that others have not gone before you. That's absolutely fine. But then the Bible says the following. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's pause here. The first thing we realize is the word leadeth in English is used again. The reason I want to break that, I want to explain that is it's a different Hebrew word. The first one is go with the flow. The first one is easy. The first one is God will go with you. But now Psalm 23 verse 3, the word leadeth, it means to guide, yes. But by implication, it means to transport into exile or as colonists. That means this is not a path you would have chosen on your own. But this is a path that God has chosen because it is necessary for his plans and your well-being. And this is where the Bible says the Lord leads you in paths of righteousness. Now, let's settle something. So let's keep, let's, let's keep something in mind. Please turn in your Bibles. Keep your finger at 
um, Psalm 23. But let's turn in your turn in your Bibles, please, to Romans chapter 10, verse 10. One verse of scripture. Romans chapter 10, verse 10. I will read it in the King James Version of the Bible. Let me just get that up. Thank you very much. Fabulous. The Bible says, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. So if the Lord is going to lead you down a path that is characterized by righteousness, it is going to require your faith. It, that means everything, every other indicator outside of the will of God more than likely will point one way, but God's word will point the other. And it is your trust in the Lord that will cause you to take the next step in front of you. And the Bible says, notice, the Lord says, first, these are paths of righteousness. That means the Bible says you will have to believe what he says. The second thing I want you to realize, it says, for his name's sake. So this means God is taking you to a place because he wants to be glorified in what you are about to go through. That means it may not be comfortable, but at the end of the day, both you you will realize that through that place that everybody else calls calls a desert that everybody else will not go down it is there that god will glorify his name against a remarkable backdrop and this is something i want you to to remember god will glorify his name against a remarkable backdrop that means every indicator may say where you're going may fail what you're about to go through that can't be the way, but hear me well. Because the Lord is leading you, you. Okay? Because the Lord is leading you, it will glorify his name. Now, ladies and gentlemen, what I also want you to notice, and let's stay with Psalms 23. We're going to read on from verse 3. So now you are going a, to a place that only God can shape things out. You're working a job or you're doing a task that everybody else may not have wanted. It doesn't look like it's going to work, but because God is with you, he then steps in. Let's understand what happens now. Let's read from verse four. The Bible then says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Ladies and gentlemen, remember, you are walking with God. And you're walking down a road that may say, my goodness, this is the shadow of death. It's not into death. It's the shadow. That means it has all the scary elements, but it is God that is in charge. Hear me well. The Bible says that God's rod and staff will comfort you. That means that which the Lord relies on and will use to protect you will keep you safe. What does the Lord rely on? Himself. What will he use to protect you? His word. He's going to keep you in a place where failure was expected, but because he's with you, it will be the opposite and it will be for him a name. And the second thing I want you to read, and I'm going to keep reading, ladies and gentlemen, please keep this in mind. Verse five. The Bible says, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Pause. So on this particular road, you've walked through the shadow of the valley of death. God has kept you. That means he has made sure that death can't harm you and neither can any evil plan touch you. 
You are, now the Bible says God will prepare you a table in the presence of your enemies. That means in the places where they didn't expect you to succeed, good will happen to you. Then the Bible says, thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Now, this is what I want you to realize. An anointing is necessary where supernatural strength is required so God will anoint you so you can do things beyond the normal. So you are going to come into a situation that is going to take the anointing and the ability of the almighty God to bring it to pass. That's absolutely fine. Why? Because God has led you there. Now, I want you to keep this in mind. Remember, this may not be pleasant. This may be challenging, but God is about to be glorified. And the Bible says this, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Meaning the one thing you don't have to worry about is your back. The goodness of God and the mercy of the Almighty will surround you so that as you go through what is a really tough season, it won't touch you, but God will be seen. As you go through it, they will glorify the Lord. And because you have gone through it, the Lord will reward you because he will show up and the miraculous will make the difference. The reason I'm saying that, ladies and gentlemen, is this. I want you to realize when the Lord is leading you, it may not make sense, but he will turn it around for good, irrespective of your circumstances, because he's leading you. And so, ladies and gentlemen, the new is not going to be something you would necessarily prepare for. It's the, it, it, That's exactly what it is. It is new. It is somewhere you would not choose to go. It is something that God may have prepared you for, but this is not, it's, it's something that was not on your radar. It, you're only going because the Lord has said, let's go right or let's go left. He will honor that choice as you follow him. So let, let's wrap this up because we, we have the option of, of making some great progress tonight. And so what I want you to remember, ladies and gentlemen, and, and please keep this in mind, the outcome of a successful human life is that God shows up. The outcome of a successful human life is that God shows up. Now, what I want you to begin to realize is as you follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit, the Lord says, I will make where you're going. Successful. I will change things because we are there together. And so ladies and gentlemen, I would like you to realize when God's bringing the new into the world, he will work with you. He will work through his spirit and he will work with you and he will guide you. And so let's look at one more scripture in this area. And then, so please turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 1, and I'm going to read from verse 4, Acts chapter 1 from verse 4, and I'm going to stop at verse 8, um, Acts 1 from verse 4, and I'm going to stop at verse 8, and ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to read this in the Amplified Classic version. It's a slightly, slightly longer, but it will be worth it. And the Bible says, and while being in their company, this is Acts chapter one, verse four. And while being in their company and eating with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the father had promised, of which he had said, you have heard me speak. Verse five, for John baptized with water, but not many days from now, you shall be baptized, placed in, introduced into the Holy Spirit. So when they were assembled, they asked him, Lord, is this the time you will reestablish the kingdom and restore it to Israel? 
he said to them, it is not for you to become acquainted with and know what time brings the things and events of time and their definite periods or fixed years and seasons, their critical niche in time, which the father has appointed, fixed and reserved by his own choice and authority and personal power. But you shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the ends, the very bounds of the earth. Ladies and gentlemen, what I want you to realize as we close out this point, because we're going to step into another one, is this. What I want you to realize, ladies and gentlemen, is the Lord said, don't worry about the times or seasons. The ability for you to be a witness, whatever the times are and whatever the seasons are, is coming to you by the person of the Holy Ghost. What does it mean to be a witness, ladies and gentlemen? A witness is somebody that can give testimony so convincingly that everybody believes that what they're saying is true. That means the person can give proof of what they're saying that cannot be refuted by anyone else. And so ladies and gentlemen, what I want you to understand is the Holy Spirit gives you the ability to be a witness. In any situation or any season you find yourself, you will be able to represent your father so that everyone will know that your God is true and what you're saying of your God is true. And so this is what I want you to realize as the Lord leads you into the new, the necessary power and ability for you to be and do what God wants you to be and do will come with you. So it doesn't matter whether there's a downturn, doesn't matter whether there's a drought, doesn't matter whether the economy is good or bad, you will still be able to present in that situation the necessary proofs that your God is real and he has not forgotten you and he has not left you on your own. Please keep that in mind. And so, ladies and gentlemen, that's what it means for God to work with us in tandem. Now, there. So now we had a question earlier. Let me just quickly go back to that. And it's about um, because the word dominion in simple terms means to rule. And so the question was, so would you say we are to rule over Satan because with God, the devil has no rule over us. The answer to that is very simple. And the answer is yes. When I say rule, yes. And the reason being is, and notice, let me give you a, a couple of examples. The first example we've already looked at. The Bible says, Acts chapter 10, verse 38, that God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power. Now, we've also realized you and I have been anointed and filled with the Holy Ghost and with power. And that means, ladies and gentlemen, wherever we go in any situation we find ourselves, the necessary ability to heal and restore or break any oppression of Satan has been granted to you as it was granted to Jesus. And this is the key because the Lord God is with you. So when you make a decree, when you declare God's word, and when you pray in the name of Jesus, there will be a response and Satan cannot stop it happening. The second thing I want you to look at, ladies and gentlemen, is this. Turn in your Bibles, please, to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. And the story is from verses 1 to 11. And three. I, I won't go through the whole thing to at this point in time, ladies and gentlemen, um, I'm going to read it from the King James Version of the Bible. And we realize, let me read from verses 1 to 11. It's, it's necessary. And the Bible says, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. When he had fasted 40 days or 40 nights, he was an afterward of hunger. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and he said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Verse 5. Then the devil taketh him 
up into the holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple and saith unto him if thou be the son of god cast thyself down for it is written he shall give his angels charge concerning thee and in their hands they shall bear thee up lest at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against a stone verse seven and he said it is written again thou shalt not tempt the lord thy god verse eight Again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And he saith unto him, all these things I will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Verse 11, notice, then the devil leaves leaveth him and behold angels came and ministered unto him ladies and gentlemen the word of god in your mouth gives you total authority over satan and his cohorts you just have to understand how to use it and the quality is found in the bible and it's this is what i want you to hold on to so is satan your problem in the new no he's not it doesn't matter whether he builds a camp in front of you he's not going to win because jesus is already victorious and the word of the lord is in your mouth irrespective of the circumstances so what i want you to realize is the simple quality i want you to hold on to please keep this in mind come with me to mark chapter 11 verses 22 and we will read to 24 and then ladies and gentlemen so we understand mark 11 22 to 24 and the bible says the following and jesus answering saith unto them have faith in god for verily i say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that ye receive them and you shall have them. Notice, Satan's not your challenge. Once you have believed, the word of God, and that forms the foundation of your confessions and your beliefs first and your confessions later. The circumstances irrespective, the Lord God will win out. Now, this particular scripture, ladies and gentlemen, that we are going to go to is this. Please keep this in mind. Turn with me, please, to the book of Jeremiah chapter 17 and we're going to read verses 7 to 8 because sometimes the circumstances start screaming that well yeah everything about god is true but this is a tough time not the case and we'll look at that and it's really important as you obey the lord jeremiah chapter 17 and i'm going to read from verse 7 and i'm going to read in the king james version of the bible the Bible says the following, blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. Please notice how that's written. The Bible says that the man that trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. That means it is the Lord who is our hope. Our eyes and our confidence are upon the one referred to as jehovah listen to verse 8 and the bible says for he shall be this is the man that trusteth in the lord for he shall be as a tree planted by the waters and that spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see when heat cometh but her leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Irrespective of your circumstances, God is still 
God. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to please keep this in mind as we close out this point. I want you to realize you have authority over Satan in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He said, I've been given all authority in heaven and earth, and I have given it to you. So whatsoever you ask in my name, the authority and power that is available to me is extended to you. Please keep this in mind. You are not alone and you are not on your own in any situation and you have the ability to change things by your words, by your prayers and by your actions. I just wanted to make sure that's clear because sometimes we, we're confronted with, oh, should I should I do something or should I not? Should I go into the new? Should I not? Oh, Satan's made you know a complete building there. He's put a camp on my path. It looks like I'm not going to make it. Please hear me well. He won't win. The Bible says so. And so that was really, I, I, I thought that was also a really fantastic question and it deserved a really good answer because please hear me. Let the fear of Satan end. He's not that powerful. You are victorious in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Please keep that in mind. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what we're going to do is we're going to begin what we are going to look at next week. And it's we're going to begin the next point, but we'll start tonight because we've got a bit of time. And it's this, <clears throat> excuse me, and it is this. The next thing we want to realize about the new is this. Whenever the Lord is going to bring the new into your world, he will always expect the response of belief. When God presents the new to you, he is always, always, always going to expect the res our response to him to be one of belief in that yes this may be brand new yes this may be unusual but we believe you and so what i'm going to do ladies and gentlemen just to drive this home this is a story that we've looked at um we're going to look at one example tonight, and then we're going to look at this in detail next week. Um, turn in your Bibles, please. To Luke chapter five. I'll use this story because we've spoken about it before, but it drives home the point. Luke chapter five, and I'm going to read from verse one. And the Bible says, and it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Genesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now, when he had left speaking, that means when he had finished preaching, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. Verse five. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fish and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both ships so that they began to sink. Verse 8, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him at the draft or the catch of fishes which they had taken. And so also was James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to the land, they forsook all and followed him. Ladies and gentlemen, when the Lord 
points the new to you. A couple, we'll, we'll look at this in detail next week. But let's understand when the Lord points the new to you, it will require you believing him over the circumstances for the new to come to pass. The circumstances around Peter at that point in time, please remember this, the circumstances said, I have toiled all night. We've done it at the right time. We've studied the right exams. We've gone for the right interviews. We did the right things when it was our season and nothing has happened. We've tried. We've tried to run the business. It hasn't worked. Now we are in a depressed economy. Now I am older. Now things are much worse. Now I have a doctor's report. Now it looks like all hope is gone. But if the Lord says, let's go into tomorrow, he's going to require you to believe him over your circumstances. The Bible says, Peter says to Jesus, the circumstances are real. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I'm speaking, I, I, I have to say, I know I'm speaking into somebody's life and, I'm, and, I'm, and I, I pray that I'm doing it respectfully, albeit prophetically. I want you to understand that the, the circumstances may be saying something completely different. And this is what they pointed. They said, listen, we've toiled all night. The fish don't come to the surface in the daytime. It's hot. They go to the bottom. The circumstances don't agree with us. But then Peter does something, and this is what sets him apart. He says, but at your word. Ladies and gentlemen, believing the word of God is not the weak option in your armory. It's the strongest. Because God and his word are one. And so what I want you to understand, ladies and gentlemen, as you go towards the new, the Lord will point you to an experience. He will place you in a place that's unusual. You may find yourself in a country where you may not want to be. It may not look like it's working. Hear me well. God, God's word over your life is not going to fall to the ground. When Peter now does it, probably to the to the, the shock of everybody else that was a fisherman, that what are you doing? It's the middle of the day. The Bible says it was the results of his actions that silenced his critics. And ladies and gentlemen, I speak over your life. The results of your actions in this season will silence your critics. You will find that you will become the testimony you have always wanted to become. You will laugh. You will laugh last. And this is really, and we're going to look at this next week. Please keep this in mind. We are going to, the response of faith is the turning point in your entrance into the new. Please. I really speak over your life. I speak over your life. The word that God has spoken into your life is not going to fall to the ground. The And this is what I want you to keep in mind. The last thing I want to say tonight is this. Luke 5 verse 10. The Bible says, and I say this carefully. The Bible says, Jesus had to calm Simon's fears because what he was now in was beyond his understanding. They will have to calm you down to say, wait, no, what you have is real. Yes, you are married. Yes, the business worked. Yes, what you're hoping for has come. Yes, it is you they chose. Yes, the seasons have turned. Yes, this is your tomorrow. They will have to calm you down because this is going to be a work of the Lord that he will take credit for and you will walk in amazement. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to just be confident and I want you to be hopeful as you go into this week. 
I want you to trust the Lord God. I want you to trust the fact that God in his infinite mercy is not going to leave you. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll, we'll stop there tonight. And I join my faith with yours. And I just sense in my spirit, let the hopes of everyone rise. Let your hopes rise. And your hope is not in the circumstances. It is in the Lord. The Lord is your hope. God bless you, ladies and gentlemen. If you are believing God for a miracle of any sort, we join our faith with yours. We pray that the Lord steps in and comes through on your behalf. We pray that the promises of God you've held on to become a reality. May God keep you this week as you go through this week. And may God bless you. Ladies and gentlemen, have a wonderful evening. God bless you. We'll see you next week.